Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. I was over in Cambridge before we came here, and honestly, I, I can't tell you how much we've been waiting and praying for this day. And you get the chance to be at the start of something new. If you like it, this, this is the way we do church, all right? This is the way we do church. This is when we gather on a Sunday, this is the way we're going to do it. If you like it, you'll probably be back. If you don't, it was nice meeting you. Thanks for coming. We'd love you to come back, but this is the way we do things. Um, not only that, church is so much more than Sundays. We don't want you just to come back. We want you to get involved. Become part of everything. Because we need you. We need you. We're only going to do this together. Grateful. We, uh, this week, we know this. And we're glad for this. There's a little bit of a renter crowd here. So some of the people that are here have come over especially. Not, not as many as I thought might do, but that's all right. But some of them are here just to support us today in the launch. And others of you, you're from the town and you are looking in or from the surrounding area then come and join us. Honestly, there's a verse in the Bible that says, come with us, we'll do you good. I believe that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So there we go. Let me start with this. Some of you may have heard this story before, but I thought I wanted to read it to you. It's a well-known story in some places. A couple who are from Minneapolis, which is in the kind of north of North America, it's cold in the winter there, decided to go to Florida, that's the south because it's nice and warm down there. Some Americans in the place, I know you know that. To thaw out during their particularly cold winter. They planned to stay at the same hotel where they spent their honeymoon some 25 years earlier. Because of hectic schedules, it was difficult to coordinate their travel plans. So the husband left Minneapolis and flew to Florida from the cold to the warm on the Thursday with the wife flying down just the following day. So the husband checked into the hotel, and in the corner of his hotel, there was a computer in the room. So he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left out one letter in her email address. And without realizing his error, sent the email. Meanwhile, somewhere in another part of the United States, Houston, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a pastor, a minister who was called home to heaven, to glory, following a heart attack. And the widow decided to check her emails since she was expecting messages from relatives and friends. And after reading the first message, she screamed and fainted. And the widow's son rushed into the room, found his mum on the floor, and saw the computer screen with this message. To my loving wife. Subject, I've arrived. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now. And allowed to send emails to your loved ones. 
I've just arrived and I've been checked in. I see that everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you then. Hope your journey is as uneventful as mine was. P.S. Sure is hot down here. Some of you just need to pause while you get that. Now, you might be wondering, why on earth are you starting with that little story? All will become clear as we go through this morning. I'll explain why in a few minutes. Most churches believe pretty much the same thing. Now, we could sit for hours and debate whether that's true. Because some of you, if you want to cross every T and dot every I, you could discuss that. But do you know, in the things that really matter, because we argue over some silly little things, the things that really matter, most churches believe the same things. In fact, we even sing the same songs. There'll be other churches this morning around the country, around here, singing the same songs. Yet you can go to another church and it, here's the word I'm going to use. It just feels different. You understand what I'm saying? It feels different. And I've been a pastor now for 173 years. And I've discovered this. With all our classes and with all of trying to get it right, and our, our theological statements, and the, I've discovered this. Most people don't join a church because of that. Most people join a church initially because of how it feels. Trust me, I'm a pastor. It's because it feels different than the one they went to last week. And they don't just join because of what we believe. They join because of what they feel. It's something in the atmosphere. If I had a pound for every time someone had said to me over my 173 years of being a pastor, I don't know what it is here, but it feels different. Honestly. Now, we decided as a church and as a leadership, as we've been building church, and we've been building the church in Cambridge, and I know it's the Church of Jesus, so if any of you want to pick holes in me and then that, then you can come talk afterwards. But we've been building with Jesus, his church, for the last 25, 26 years in, in Cambridge. And now we're here in Barry St. Edmunds, here for the long haul to do good. And we decided we can either let the atmosphere, the feel, the vibe happen by chance, or we can do it on purpose. That we can do something by design or by default. They're two important words. The feel can be by design or by default. And if we're going to build a church, we want to build a church that we want to go to. Some of you may have heard the story, it's been told too many times as well, about the woman who got up one morning and decided to make breakfast for her husband and so went down the stairs, made breakfast, and she shouts out to him, Honey, breakfast is ready. No answer. Shouts up again, Honey, breakfast is ready. We'll be late for church. No answer. 
Third time she shouts up, Darling, if you don't get up soon, we're not going to get to church on time. Breakfast is ready. To which point she heard a disgruntled man get out of bed upstairs and shout down the stairs to her, Why does it matter if I'm late to church? And anyway, why do I have to go to that boring church, she shouts. She shouts up, Because you're the vicar. I decided a long time ago, I don't want to go to a church that I don't like. Hello? This isn't rocket science, but that's all right. We're not building a rocket. I don't want to go to a church that's boring and lifeless and dead. And the reason I started with a joke, very, very simply, is that we want to be deliberate about creating the right atmosphere here. And we want everyone who comes to be able to come into church and smile. It's simple. <laughs> Just turn to the person next to you and smile. Go on. Some of you don't know quite what to do. As, as, a smile is when you lift up the sides of your cheeks. I don't know how the technically command say it, but there's enough in our world day out, day in, to suck the very joy and life and fun out of you, isn't there? I listened to the news on my way here to this service from Cambridge. I felt depressed. There's enough every single day. The future in some contexts, it does look bleak. Some of you work in atmospheres and you, I've, I've had this described by some of the people in this room that I know. The atmosphere in which I work is, quote, toxic. I don't want to be, I don't want to build, I don't want you to be part of a church that sucks the life out of you on a Sunday when you come. I want you to walk out of here. We want you to walk out of here on tiptoe, feeling better than when you came in. Did I hear an amen? amen. That's good, Amen. <laughs> My grandson, I'm a granddad. Does that shock any of you? Clearly not. One of his favorite songs is If You're Happy and You Know It. And then we had all the words in. Maybe we should introduce this on Sundays. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. amen. You should hear this. He's not even two yet. He can say amen like a typical pastor's kid. He can even say hallelujah. And he's not even two yet. We want you, when you come in here, to find an Amen. There's something I agree with. I feel better than when I came in. Now, I know some of you are sitting there thinking, well, I don't want to be part of a church that's just about having fun. Well, there's plenty of others to choose from. <laughs> go there. I've been there, and I don't want to go there either. I led a church that I didn't want to lead. <laughs> I didn't like it. That's why we made the decision. Something's got to change. And that's why the way we built church. Now, let's just be very clear so that you don't think I'm preaching heresy here. And if you're a, a seasoned Christian, that's a very religious phrase. That means you're old. We know everyone, everyone, every single person you've ever set eyes on, everyone, has fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. Fallen short of God's standards. We know that. We, we will preach that. We're not going to shy away from that. 
we know everyone has messed up. It's called sin. We know everyone, everyone, this is the bad news, everyone's a sinner in need of a saviour. I was raised in a church, for which I'm grateful. I've got a deep, long history in church. But every week I was reminded what a scheming, good-for-nothing, good, good conniving sinner I am. And so my identity started to be about my sinnership, how bad I was. Every week in the good news service, there was very little good news. You're rubbish. You're a sinner. And I, I discovered this. The more you tell someone that, the more you live up to your reputation. Hello? The more we tell someone how bad they are, it's easy to be bad. And I discovered that, but I won't go into that. We, we believe that everyone is, is a sinner. But this is the good news. We just had Christmas, guys, didn't we? There's a Savior. His name is Jesus. Hip, hip. That's what it says. That's what it literally means hallelujah in the Hebrew. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Don't write that down. That was not the truth. Just pulling your leg. And we'll pull legs a lot. And we'll laugh. We'll laugh at each other. We don't want to take each other too serious. Do you have to have a beard to be a leader in this church? Yeah, it helps. And you've got a worldwide trainers as well. That's the first 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. No, of course it's not that. We know it's character. You got it. You can just be you and I can be me. And I don't have to try and be like you and you don't have to try and be like me. Not everyone's perfect. If my wife was here, I would be in trouble from that one. She'd be up behind me. The stories in the Bible, which if you've been around again in church, you know for a while, the they're called the story, there's three parables that Jesus puts back to back. It's in Luke chapter 15. Don't, don't turn to it. But it's three stories about things that are lost. The lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And you know when they're found, this is what happens. It's party time. It's party time. Over one sinner that repents. It says heaven rejoices. And our goal is to reach many people that don't know Jesus. And every time someone is reached, we want to have a party. And when we gather, we want to have a party. If you think the music is too loud, this, prop, this church just probably isn't for you. We'll keep it within safe limits. We monitor it. But it's probably not for you. Why? Because if you're having a party, you need some volume, man. You need some life. So we'll rejoice. Why? Because we're looking for the sinners, the lost. You're welcome here. Why? Because we've all been on the same ground. But the good news is there's a Savior. His name is Jesus. I never want to get over that. I remember when I made a commitment to Jesus Christ. I was part of a church, but it was the church that told me how bad I was every week. And I went to a, a concert in Liverpool. That's the area I'm from originally. Not, not Liverpool. A place called the Wirral. The Wirral is the posh side of Merseyside, near Chester, as my mum says. <laughs> and then I went back to the church that I was part of, and I went there because I had a dramatic encounter. I met Jesus. I knew he'd forgiven me. This was in my teens, and 
I went back to the church and I spoke to my youth pastor who was about 63. It always seemed like he was 63, though. He never changed. And I said to him, I gave my life to Jesus last night. I'm so excited. And I remember what he said to me. He said, don't worry, son. You'll get over it. Listen, I'm nearly 63. <laughs> well, okay, a few years off. I didn't hear a gasp then or anything like that. I believe my life was changed in that moment, and I've never got over it. Some 50-plus years later, no, 40-plus years later, 40-plus years later, I've never got over meeting Jesus. And if you truly meet Jesus, your life will never be the same again. I want to apologize to any of you, because I know in this room, there'll be those you have no church experience, you're welcome. You have some church experience, you're welcome. But sometimes the church has done a number on you. I'm sorry. I really am sorry. I think it was C.S. Lewis who first said, a lot of people don't become Christians because they've never met one. And then he added, or because they have. So I'm sorry, we're not perfect. But Jesus is. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Then I'll get on to my message for today. <laughs> Therefore, if anyone, hello anyone, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. God takes the worst of us and changes us to be new creations. I was told when I was growing up I was going to be just like my dad. My dad was always my hero, but I was told that because my dad was having major mental health issues. He was having severe treatment, uh, electric shock therapy as they called it then. I think they have a new name for it now because he was so depressed. And I was having trouble at school, as you can imagine, with all kinds of things because my dad was going through all of that. And so I went to see a psychiatrist with my mum. Uh, I think I was 11, 12 years of age. But my mum's still alive. She's 95. She's a, well, she, at her height, she was 4 foot 11 at her best. She's less than that now. And she's a feisty little scouser. We went in to see this psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist was sitting opposite us in a big desk. And I remember him saying to my mum, is there any trouble at home? Now, there was trouble at home. My dad was in a, Hospital, getting electric shock therapy. He was really suffering with depression. Is there any trouble at home, Mrs. Campbell? And I always remember my mum saying, what's that to do with you? <laughs> she grabbed my hand and she said, come on, Steve, we're out of here. And we left the psychiatrist's chair. It's the last time and the only time I've seen a psychiatrist. Some of you are saying, yeah, we can tell. But I'll tell you what my dad did. And even in all his depression and anxiety, Every day he prayed this. I remember his words, and I heard him sobbing sometimes. We pray for our Steve and his unreasonable fears. Come on, listen. God changed my life. God delivered me from evil. God delivered me from the fears. Because I'm a new creation. 
Because at the age of 17, I had a revelation. It doesn't matter whether Ron Campbell's had major mental health issues. That was my dad. I don't have to carry on in the same way. Because I'm a child of God. I'm you. And that's good news. What we would do in Cambridge is we'd clap. <laughs> You're going to have to learn to do that. I've put in your... We have, and we'll, we'll do these every week. And, and if you're not technologically savvy, don't, don't let this worry you. This won't, you don't have to have this. We can help you, if, but most of you got smartphones. Many of you on social media, use it. Don't go on it too often, just use it. <laughs> but in there, we have what are called version notes. And these are the first, the C3 Church, Berry St. Edmunds, Berry launched. You version notes. You can get them so you can read them when you go out of here. If you need help, speak to one of the guys in the red T-shirts, and they'll get you the app on the phone. It's a great app. It comes out of Life Church in the United States. And I've put down in there what are our three core values to make sure we keep church focused and full of joy and full of life and full of hope and full of Jesus. Three things. The first one I put down is here is this. We want to be Christ-centered. I think that may come up on the screen. There we go. Look at that. We have the technology. We want to keep everything in this church about Jesus. If you join us, Dave and Tina, which you should because this was a divine appointment. If you don't, you'll be disobeying God, but don't worry about it. We just met this morning. I really like this couple. They've never, they've never been here before. But, but I think you should stay, all right? Should I labor this anymore or would just stay with that? I'm going to disappoint you. As your senior pastor, I'm going to let you down. John and Hannah, what a great couple. You may not know this, but Hannah's expecting their second baby. They're a great couple. We couldn't have planted a better couple, apart from a few others we know, in here to be pastors. You're amazing, you guys. Thank you. You're amazing. But they're going to let you down. They'll do something that you don't like. They'll not do something that you thought they should do. They'll let you down. Others in this congregation, they'll let you down because they're human beings. I think it takes at least two weeks to be part of a church to know it's not perfect. But Jesus never will. And if we keep the main thing the main thing and keep centered on that, some of the other things that we think are important, like I said at the beginning, actually, you'll just let it go. What the Bible talks about is love covering a multitude of sins. We'll just let it go. So what? Now, there's some things, if they're big and unrighteous, we will change. There's some little things that we will change. Oh, by the way, I don't know why I thought of this suddenly. It's not as warm in here as it should be, is it? So we've told them, can we have it warmer, please? There's a fault on the heating. We'll change that. That's an easy thing to change. That's not a reason not to come back, by the way, because we can make it warmer. But that's down to the apex, so not us. Just in case you wondered, just blaming them, but we love them. 
The church we're building has a label C3. The first C stands for Christ-centered. Everything we do, we want to point to him. The Holy Spirit, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse is in your notes. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Do you know what the Spirit will do? The Spirit will lead us to Jesus. Look at this next verse I put in your notes because we have a high view of the Bible. We don't think it's an old, irrelevant book. It's relevant for today. We don't have to try and be trendy or contemporary with the Bible because it's always contemporary. It always speaks to the modern man and woman in every generation. We believe this. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And do you know what the Bible speaks about primarily? Give you a guess. It begins with J and ends with S. Repeat after me. You find him on every page. So we'll talk about him an awful lot. Central message is about Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this. Loads of verses. I'm just saying you were based on the Bible. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Do you know who the most generous person who ever lived was? Have a guess. It's all right. It'll never be the wrong answer if you say Jesus. Jesus. My favorite verse. My mom and dad had it on the side every time. And it gets me when I, I, I read it and think of it again. Because it never gets old. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. Jesus is the most generous person that ever lived. And we want to emulate him. And that's going to mean we're going to talk about all kinds of things. Money. Hip, hip again. We don't mind talking about money in Cambridge. So this is what we're going to do in Bury. We're going to keep talking about money. Oh, one of those churches that talks about money all the time. I bet you talk about money every day to someone. My daughter was cooking some food in the kitchen last night telling me she's going to sell it and make money. I said, that's good, Becky. I won't point her out in case she's in the room. I said, that's good, Becky. Have you included the electricity and gas that we are using? And she says, I knew you'd say that. It's a rent money, she says. Come on, money's not dirty. The love of it causes all kinds of problems. We don't love it. We just use it for the glory of God. So we'll talk about generosity. I'm just trying to give you a flavor of what kind of church this is. You with me? We want to be cause-driven. That's our second C. Christ-centered, cause-driven. In other words, we live for a bigger purpose. In fact, can I tell you this? I talked about being happy or fun or joyful. You won't find joy by pursuing joy. Joy is always as a consequence of pursuing something else. Even in areas of mental health, they will tell you this. Find something that is beyond just living for you, and it will help you in your mental health. What bigger cause to live for than to live for seeking and saving that which is lost, like Jesus said? What bigger cause to live for 
than to tell other people, oh, by the way, when, when, we don't just want to get people into heaven. Heaven's going to be great. But we don't just want to speak about heaven. We want to talk about now. I'm still naive enough of this at 57, nearly 58, to believe this, I can change the world for good. Oh, I can't do it on my own. I've learned that. What I thought at 22, I could change it on my own. No, I need you. You need me. But I'm still naive enough to believe this. We can make Bury St. Edmunds a better place together. Your street is better because you live there. Your school is better because you're there. Your college, your university, it's better. Our cities, our towns are better because people of God who live there live for a course. We'll talk a lot of it in this church about doing things well. Listen to this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Just that word excellent. God is a God of excellence. I don't want you to think this, that excellence is perfection. Because people who are perfectionists are a pain, aren't they? Do you, any of you know a perfectionist? Are any of you sitting next to one? Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Stop it. They're a pain. In fact, they really can be annoying. In Jesus' name, we don't want to be perfectionists. We just want to do things the best we can with the resources we have. That's all we want to do. So we're never going to tell someone off for doing something poorly, if the poorly is the best they can do, but we will try and help them do it better. All the time. One of the reasons we do things excellently is because God is, isn't, God is a God of excellence. Isn't creation wonderful? Isn't nature beautiful? We believe it came from him. And we also believe this, it values people. People really matter. But that's something we say all the time. You see, I know I joked about the heating. Some of the church here know when we built our new building in Cambridge, I was totally anal about the heating. I, I think my head, the way it's designed, is a, a thermostat. I can feel the change of temperature in a room before most people. It's just something God's built into this, this head of mine. I'm not bald, by the way. This is shaved. And there's a difference. It's shade because if I didn't, I'd be bald. So I don't quite get that, but you understand what I mean. So for me and for us, the fact that if it's not warm enough in a room makes a difference. Or it's too hot. Why? Because you really matter. I know some of you tough guys sitting in T-shirts, you're all right. But us oldies, we feel the heat we, and we feel the cold. So we want to get it right. Why? Because you matter. Now, shouldn't be talking about heating because me and my wife never agree whether heating is right. She thinks it's too cold and I think it's too hot. But I don't know quite how, but my point is this. People really matter. You matter. Our communication to you matters. The leaflets that we do, we refuse to just have day glow orange paper because we're Christians, unless that was a good thing to do. Most of the time it's not. We want to do it well with the resources that we have. Why? Because we're cause-driven. Nothing is ever achieved without passion. Do you know that? Nothing is ever achieved without passion. And so the church we want to build is a passionate church who seek first God's kingdom. Let me finish with this. 
The final C. It's community focused. This is the good news. We get to do this together. You could have met some people today for the first time that might become lifelong friends for you. We can do this together. You know, the, one of the early verses in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 is when Jesus said, it was when God says this, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. We are like God. There's something about us that's God-like. We're not gods, but we're God-like. And you know what that means? It means that God, the language that's used there is plural. God was a complete community in and of himself. He was a, the old theologians call it, a divine society. There was nothing adequate in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were perfect. The love that they had for one another, it was amazing. But out of their love, they decided to create you and me. Not because they were lonely, but so as that we could feel the love. That we could know the togetherness. You were made for community. The first not good in the Bible was that man was alone. So God provided someone who was a suitable companion. And that's not about marriage. That's about community. We need each other. One, that's why we emphasize small groups, you see. Small groups aren't, we call them C3 groups. We want you to get to know people. One day when this is full every week, just dream like that with me. All the balconies right up, and there's people here worshiping God together. It will be even harder work to set up and all of that. But imagine that, we're going to be here most weeks. So this, sometimes we can't get this place, by the way, so you have to keep on your toes, make sure we know. But most of the time we can, so we'll be here most of the time. But we want to see it filled. The bigger it gets, the more important it is it goes smaller. But how about let's start small. Let's start in a small group. If you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. Why? Because you matter and I matter and I want to get to know you or someone wants to get to know you and we must do this together because we can't do it apart. Do it together. And as we do it together, I want to come back to this where I started. Can we just do it with fun? Have a laugh. Or where I come from, they say, have a laugh. Enjoy each other's company. Some of the best people you'll ever meet in the world are in this room today. Get to know them. If we don't have fun as we do it, it'll get tiresome and hard. But this is what the Bible says. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8. If we do it with joy, you find an energy that comes. We did five services at Christmas in Cambridge and two here. People say to me, were you exhausted? Well, partly, but partly I was energized as well because I was doing it with people I like. We've got people on this platform that were worshiping and leading us before. We've got people from, let me try and remember them, the United States, from the Philippines, from the Philippines, from uh, Zambia, probably missed someone, Bury St. Edmunds, from Cambridge. They're such fun people to be with. Got Angela leading us in worship, smiling up here. Just talk to her. She's such fun. Get to know each other. Come with us.
will do you good. The joy of the, you know who the happiest person that ever lived was? You got it. You got it. It says he had joy above his fellows. He was filled with the oil of joy or the joy of gladness, very linguish language. He was good to be around. That's why people flocked to him, but the religious tried to keep away from him. They didn't like him. But people, ordinary people who needed a savior found him super attractive. Kids liked him. Just a hint. If kids don't like being around you, there's nothing wrong with the kids. Smile. Let's have fun. We've got a long journey ahead of us. Because we're here to do you good. We're here to do good. But we can do it together. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes as we finish. Christ cause community. Most weeks in our services, we'll finish with this. I'm going to finish with two appeals. The first one is this. Listen to me as if there's no one else around you, just you listening to my voice. Do you know the one who is the answer? Jesus. Not do you know about him, not have you heard about him, not do you know of some stained glass window or some religious Jesus. Do you know the joyful Jesus? Do you know him? If you don't, today I can introduce you to him. That's why we're here, to introduce you to Jesus, Christ-centered. And if you meet someone for the first time, what you do is you talk to them. That's what prayer is. It's a conversation. So I'm going to pray a prayer that's one line at a time, and we're all going to pray it out loud, one line at a time, everyone in the room. Don't let me have to do what I do in Cambridge because you're much smarter. Don't be intimidated by Cambridge. You're smarter, Barry. You can get this right straight off. Pray it out loud. And at the end when we said amen, I'm going to say to you, if you prayed that for the first time, or maybe for some of you, this is your coming back day, you're reconnecting with God through Jesus, then you use that prayer to reconnect with God. Then I'm going to just say to you, you prayed it first time, reconnecting with God. Would you just raise your hand after we prayed? And if there's anyone in the room, some of the red t-shirted people, connect people, they've got Bibles. Is that correct? Or are they going to be as you go out? As you go out, they'll be standing there. And you can go to them and you can go to that stand and say, I prayed that for the first time. I raised my hand. Can I have a Bible? You say, I've got lots of Bibles. Take this one anyway. Because it's to put on your shelf to say, today I made a decision for Jesus. I refocused my life. I recentered my life. I'm asking him to be Lord and leader of my life. Then go to some of the guys on the stand that are out there. Take a Bible. All right, let's bow our heads, keep our eyes closed. Say this after me, all of us out loud together. Ready? Lord Jesus, today I choose you. Thank you for your amazing love that you showed on the cross. Thanks for taking my punishment. Forgive me for sin and self-centered living. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. Thank you for hearing my voice. In your name I pray. Amen. Still with the heads bowed, eyes closed. You prayed that first time or reconnecting with Jesus. 
Would you just raise your hand where you are right now and then afterwards go and get a Bible? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else joining these two people I could see then? Just raise it up high. I'm going to give you one more opportunity, one more time. Say yes. Today I decided to follow Jesus. Anybody else? Lift it up high. Thank you. Good decision. Well done. Young and old. Thank you at the back there. See you as well. Good decision, man. Great decision. Bless you. Someone down here as well is raising their hand. Anyone else? One, two, three, four, five. Say, why are you counting? Because every single person matters to God and is known by God. They're not just a number, they're a name. And their life may have just been changed for eternity with this decision. Anyone else before I finish? Last time, I haven't seen you. Wonderful. Oh, come on, let's give God a round of applause because ultimately it's only God who saves. No one else can do it. No one else can do it. My second appeal before the band leaders in a song is this. Come with us. We'll do you good. Those of you that are from Cambridge, thank you for coming. We know you'll be back there next week unless you're making this year home church. That's fine. But others of you, come again next week. John will be preaching next week. Pastor John, we want you. We need you. We're in this together. We're here for the good of Bury St. Edmunds. Come on. Come on the journey. I'm appealing to you. If you've left church and you're disconnected, you belong in a body. That's another message for another day. You belong shoulder to shoulder with inadequate, but nevertheless, brothers and sisters. It keeps you warm. It keeps you going. It keeps you strong. You'll fail on your own. Everyone will. No one's strong enough on their own. So come and connect. Come and belong. Because you are loved and you are appreciated. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's give him one more round of applause as I finish. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.